This is a personal and private recording by a member of the U.S. Air Force. Codename, Project Blue Book. Case file, 11004. Designated, Stonefall. 3rd of January. The sheriff took me on a tour of the town. He said he'd point out all the major landmarks with a strong hint of irony in his voice. I could see why. Everything was pretty close together, except the town hall. That's a little out of the way, in a clearing of its own. He showed me the post office, and its little convenience shop, and the chapel. Through the window, the sheriff pointed out Louise Finch, the witness who'd seen Johnny and Martha Lewis the night of their disappearance. Me and the sheriff walked towards the town square. It was an odd name for a small, clear area that wasn't square, and was only marked by an unremarkable statue. I wondered whether it had been defaced or worn down by the rain over time. The sheriff didn't elaborate. He then took me past the school, and he said there was only one class. I asked if there had ever been any more, and he didn't answer that either. And then he took me towards the woods. This is what you really came to see, he said. I said yes, and took the lead. As we got closer to the place Johnny and Martha were last seen, I started paying attention to the tops of the trees. I wanted to know whether there had been any recent damage, any pressure applied to them. I asked what the weather had been like, and the sheriff said, Unremarkable. Just like your statue, I said. I tried to make polite conversation, asking him whether he'd heard anything last night. There had been crying coming from just below my window. I'd never found the source of it. I wondered whether it had been Grace, but thought it was more likely to be Peter. He didn't seem like the type of guy who would want to be crying at home. Something he said yesterday keeps bothering me as well. He said he'd been disciplining his son, and it had only recently started to work. I wasn't really sure what that meant. Disciplining how? The sheriff told me he hadn't heard any crying. The sight of the disappearance, much like the statue and the recent weather, was unremarkable. I searched it thoroughly, but this area had been combed over so many times since the night of the disappearance that any marks in the ground were meaningless, and anything that seemed out of place would have been taken. I'd need to look at the evidence, but it had been taken to New Haven for proper analysis. Stonefall wasn't equipped. I looked out from the place Johnny and Martha were last seen. I could hear the river and see it a little through the trees. I imagined how terrifying this place must be in the dark. Or maybe exciting if you were the kind of kid who looked for adventure. Or maybe necessary if you were running away. But you'd have to be pretty damn scared. I'd need to talk to some of the other residents, get a clearer idea of who the kids were. And then I remembered that I'm not here for the kids, but for the lights. I looked up at the tops of the trees and took some photos, but didn't see anything that struck me as odd. I decided it was time to speak to Louise Finch. She was lovely, adorable, and couldn't have been happier to see me and to tell me her story. I noted that maybe she enjoyed it with a bit too much relish, and that by now, 
the sixth or seventh person probably to hear this, or maybe even the twentieth or thirtieth, the details would have become more and more embellished. I went in pretty strict with her. When she went off on a tangent, I had to tell her to take a step back and focus only on that night and her movements. Her statement to me was as she'd written. She'd been walking her dog, JB, through the woods. She often went that way, and JB enjoyed the exercise. He was a young, energetic dog. Her last had died last year. Louise said the walk kept her young. She'd been walking for 20 minutes, maybe less, when she saw them. That made sense to me. At a slow pace, you'd easily get from Louise's house to the spot in the woods in that time. She saw them from some distance, but it was undoubtedly them. I asked her how she was so sure. It was dark. Because they were always holding hands, she said. They always held hands when they were outside. Always? I asked. Always, she said. Then I asked her if there was a full moon that night, and she said no. But there was some moonlight reflecting off the water, and maybe she saw them that way too. Then she stopped herself, and she said, Of course, yes. She'd seen them because the moonlight had reflected really clearly in their eyes. They'd almost seemed like they were glowing. Glowing? That part of the wood is close to the river, but it's still dense. How could the light have reflected so clearly? She called for the kids, but heard nothing back. She'd lost sight of them. She kept walking, keeping an eye out the whole time, sticking to the path she always stuck to, but didn't see them again. And then, maybe twenty minutes later, maybe less, there were the lights. Louise was on her way back then. They were so bright that she had to cower from them, covering her eyes with her arm. There were three of them, a bright central light and two smaller lights on either side, some distance apart. They were accompanied by a noise, but not the noise of a machine or aircraft. The lights themselves were the noise, humming, as if charged with energy. I asked her to go back and tell me that again. She repeated what she'd said, but this time she added that JB was barking the whole time, and that the lights lasted a maximum of maybe 15 seconds. They weren't directly above her, but they were roughly over where she'd last seen Johnny and Martha. I asked if the big light was a searchlight, and she said she hadn't seen it behaving like one. She'd been back an hour when she heard Grace and Peter outside shouting their children's names. I was about to leave when she started chatting about my stay in Stonefall. Was I enjoying it? Was I hopeful for the children? Was what she'd said important? I said yes to all of those, some more truthfully than others, and went to leave. Then she said that she'd heard crying last night from outside. She assumed it was Grace. She said she'd pray for her that night, and the children, as she had done every night since they went missing. The conversation left me feeling uncomfortable, but I utterly believed every single thing Louise said. It made me think less of Peter and Grace for not believing her, and it made me question whether there really was something strange going on. The more I think about it, the more I am convinced the answer is yes.
Stonefall was created and written by James Mortimer, read by Rebecca Malewish. Music by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons. Follow Stonefall Drama on Twitter for updates.